Corinthians chapter 13 in your Bibles today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to, uh, if you come on Wednesday night for soul winning, a lot of times uh, we'll meet at 6.30 and I'll tell our, our, our soul winners, I'll say, I'm just going to give you a thought. Uh, and that's literally what we do. We just give you a thought. A lot of times we don't necessarily give points and things like that. I'll just tell them I'm going to give you a thought. And we're going to go out into the community and pass out some tracts. And so today, church, I'm just going to give you a thought. I really am. Uh, uh, with everything that's been going on this week and a uh, little topsy-turvy. And, uh, but I'm going to give you a thought that God gave to me that I want to give to you. Now, sometimes, oftentimes, and these other fellas who preach, they know what I'm talking about. I'll be reading the scripture, be uh, having devotions or something, and the Lord will give me a verse and then he'll give me a message to go with the verse. He'll give me the verse, then he'll give me a thought to go with the verse. Uh, but other times, the Lord will give me a thought. And then he'll turn around and give me the verse to go with the thought. And, uh, and that's, that's where this message came from. I can't remember exactly where I, was, where I was at. I think I was uh, going down the road. And I can't text sitting still. And I definitely can't text when I'm driving. And, uh, but thank God for voice, a phone that does voice. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'm going down the road. I think I was going down the interstate, and the Lord gave me a thought. And so I got my phone out, and I thought, man, I don't want to lose that thought because that's a good thought. And so I hit that little voice recorder, and, and I started making that recording. And then the Lord gave me the Scripture to go with the thought. And that scripture is in 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us one last time, I know some of you are a little tired today, and I want to give you an opportunity to really stay awake, and, and uh, we're not going to preach for but a few minutes today. I'm going to give you three, th three points, but when I get to the points, we're done, all right? I'm just going to give you the, the points almost in succession, and we're right at the very end of the message when I get to the points today. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I've got verse 11 and 12 on the screen, but I want to back up from that just a little bit, and I want to start, if I could, in verse number 8, because this is such a great chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse number 8, the Bible says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, personally, I believe that's talking about Scripture right there. <clears throat> when God gives us His perfect word, then some of these other things will begin to vanish away. But verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, and I believe I have a perfect copy of the Word of God up here today, then that which is in part shall be done away. Now, I want you to notice closely. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also or even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And I want to draw your attention to verse 11. That's our text verse this morning. 
And Paul said to the Corinthian church who were acting childish, uh, you go back and, and study it out and read, they were really acting like children. I mean, it was, uh, it was nursery 101, the way they were acting and conducting themselves. And Paul said in verse 11, when I was a child, he said, I spake as a child. He said, I understood as a child. He said, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, he said, I put away childish things. And uh, thank you for standing. You may be seated this morning. And I want to talk to you just a few minutes today on the subject cramming Christianity. I tried to come up with a better title than this, but I just couldn't come up with a better title because this is what I wanted to talk to you about, cramming Christianity. And, and, and I think you'll understand what I'm talking about once we get started today. And, and so we're just going to give you a thought. That's really all this is, but I hope it'll be a blessing. And, and so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Lord, thank you for blessing in the service. We now uh, pray for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, it's, it's the only way that will make a difference. And so I pray for your presence today. And uh, we ask you to bless. I pray that you'd magnify your word in our hearts and our minds. I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, Lord, I pray that what we say would make sense. I pray it would honor you. I pray it would edify the church. And uh, I pray that if there uh, are those who are lost here today, well, Lord, I pray they'll get saved before they leave this place today. Bless our discussion, please. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. How many know this morning that children do childish things? They do. It's just what kids do. We have a nursery, and, uh, and a lot of times our people will use the nursery because uh, babies cry. It's just what babies do. Uh, a baby's not bad because a baby cries. A baby cries because it's a baby. I mean, that's just what, that's what babies do. When babies get hungry, they cry. When their uh, diapers get dirty, they cry. And children do childish things. Well, that said, and sometimes children have a tendency to procrastinate. They will wait until the very last minute to do something. Now, I know it's been a long time since some of you have been a child, but uh, if you can, think way back, all right? And I believe that you can relate to these other young people that are here this morning. For instance, as a young person, did you ever put off that book report until the night before it was due? Now, don't nod your head or you give yourself away. <laughs> uh, although, I think probably just about every one of us would have to nod our head about that. We're not proud of it. I hope you're not proud of it, but, but we've all been there. And then, and then, can I just say, thank God for a good mom and dad who bailed us out at the last minute and we got a little fussed at, you know, why did you wait until the last time, the last minute to do this? And then mom and dad helped us out. And, and then I, I've got to know this. I've got to know the teacher knew that my English was not that good and that mama had to help out just a little bit. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. We waited until the night before to to complete the book report, or how about this, or as a child, we waited to complete that chore just a few minutes before our parents got home. Now, when they left that morning to go to work, they said, now you get this done and this done and this done, and when I get home, you better have it done. <laughs> I can tell we're really connecting this morning. 
And you better have it done when I get home. You better have. Daddy said, you better have the yard mowed when I get home. Don't you stay around and watch television all day. You make sure you've got this done. You make sure those dishes are done uh, when mom gets home today. And so, and we did. We did. But we barely did. And we knew when daddy was going to get home or we knew when mom was going to pull in the driveway. We had it down to the last minute. And so, I mean, just 15 minutes before mom pulled in, I mean, man, we're slinging dishes and dishwater and, 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 and uh, we just slapped or flapped a rag like mama used to say, you know, and, and we didn't really wash them good, but we washed them. I guess you could say we washed them. And, and we got that chore done right before our parents got home. Well, I said that to say this, when we were kids and it was time for a test, we would often procrastinate studying. Uh, think about this. We knew days before the test was coming. We knew. The teacher wrote it on the blackboard. And I don't know if you do that anymore. I, we didn't have, you know, all the kids didn't get Mac computers and all those kind of things when I was a kid. And when we had an assignment, the teacher wrote it on the blackboard. And, and, uh, but however you do it, the teacher wrote it on the blackboard or the teacher sent you an email or, or, or the teacher announced it class after class and day after day. And she said, now, boys and girls, uh, we're going to have a test on Friday. We're going to have a test on Friday. We're having our final. It's, it's going to count a big part of your grade. And, and you need to make sure that you study. The teacher, how about this? The teacher even told us which chapters to study. She said, now, we're going to be uh, testing you on chapter 5, chapter 7, and chapter 8. Be sure you study chapter 5, chapter 7, chapter 8. We knew the test was coming. We knew the chapters to study before the test came. Uh, how about this? Uh, if you had a good teacher at times, she required you to take your books home. Uh, and, and uh, oh, man, I hate to admit this, but at times we left our books at school. Mom said, Mom, Dad said, did you not bring your books home? Oh, no, no. Did you not need to do homework? Did you not need to study? Oh, no, Mom. Oh, no, I'm good. And, uh, and so there were, <laughs> that was a lie, good gracious. And so sometimes the teacher would say, all right, go ahead and get your literature book, put it in your book bag, and I want you to take your literature book home with you or your history book. I want you to take your history book home with you. Uh, but we waited until the night before to start studying for the test. We knew it was coming. We knew it's chapters to study. We had the book home with us that week. Our teacher required us to take it home, but we waited until the very last moment to begin to try, uh, to, try to start studying. And then we tried to start pushing all that information into our head in just a few hours. Y'all remember those days? I mean... We had to have so much memorized, but we didn't memorize it. And so here we are the night before the test, and we're, you know, we're trying to memorize Bible verses. We're trying to memorize history. We're trying to memorize math. And we're trying to study our algebra. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to learn geometry. We're trying to, and, and, and the night before, we're, I mean, we're just reading and reading and reading, and we're, we're pushing all this information. You ever heard of you having your brain smoke before? And uh, man, I remember those days where you just had so much in your head when you walked into school the next day and you'd stayed up late that night because you're trying to study, study, study and you walk in that next day and you've got, you've got to, you know, all these things in your head and, and they're all jumbled up and messed up inside and, you, and you're thinking, man, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, unsort all this and put it down on a test. Listen, it's called cramming, cramming. I don't know if that's, the, if that's the, the scientific term for it, but it's what we always call it. It's called cramming. 
It's called cramming for a test. I mean, we, we waited and waited and waited and waited, and all of a sudden we're cramming. I mean, the night before, the day before, hours before, uh, we're, we're just cramming as much information into our head as we possibly can. Uh, we didn't bother to read the book before, but now we're reading it. I mean, we're, we're devouring the book. Y'all with me tonight or this morning? We, we didn't pick it up for five or six days, and now we won't put it down. I mean, now we're just, we're just eating it up. I mean, we're reading as many chapters as we can, as many lines as we can. We didn't memorize before, but now we're doing our best to memorize. We had to have all these things in our mind so we could put it down on paper, and so now we're memorizing the night before. We didn't take notes before. The teacher said take notes, but we thought, I don't need to take notes. I'm good. I remember it. And now the day before, man, we're just, we're taking notes. We're making flashcards. Anybody with me tonight, uh, this morning? We're making flashcards and, and, and we call it cramming, cramming. We should have prepared a long time ago, but we didn't do it. So now we're, we're cramming for the test that's coming up. Now, the desire of the teacher was not that we cram. And that's the thought that I want to leave with you today. The desire of the teacher was not that we cram, but that we prepare consistently until the test came. Now, that's what a good teacher wants. She wants you to take your book home, not just to, to weight your book back down or just to say that you took the book home, but she wants you to take your book home so hopefully you'll take 10 or 15 minutes during the night and you'll read a, a chapter or two in your book. Uh, she, she tells you the chapters to, uh, to, to learn because she's hoping that you will consistently study those chapters and be ready for the test when the test comes. That way, when the test came, we won't be worried, we won't be stressed, and we'll face the test with ease. Now, church, I said that to say this. Did you know that's exactly what God desires for his children? that we study consistently until the time when a test may come. Now, let's get the Bible in on this this morning. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want you to look with me, please, at verse number 14. And notice, uh, and, and, and boy, do your best to bring your Bibles. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and look at verse number 14. And notice what the Bible says here. In verse 14, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about uh, words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Here it is. God says, study, study. Why? To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word study there in 2 Timothy chapter 2 means this. It means to be prompt. It means to be earnest. It means to be diligent. In other words, don't wait until the last minute. Don't wait until the night before. Don't wait until the day the test arrives. The Bible talks about being diligent. God said, Christian, I want you to be diligent. I want you to be studying. I want you to be getting ready. I want you to be preparing. You'll notice the word workman there. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman. The word workman there means toiler. 
toiler, T-O-I-L-E-R, toiler. It means this, someone who stays with the task. In other words, uh, they, they don't just uh, hit it hard the night before or, or hit it strong before the test comes, but they're consistent. They're staying with the task. They're a workman. They're, they're studying. And so let me say again, uh, God wants us to consistently study until the time the test may come. But I, I wrote this down. As a pastor that's pastored over a quarter century now, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed a lot of professing Christians are still cramming. They're still cramming for the test. In other words, they wait until the test comes before they begin to do what they know they ought to be doing. What do you mean, preacher? Well, a major test comes. Uh, you say, preacher, uh, when you graduate from uh, high school, you don't take tests anymore. Oh, yes, you do. And when you graduate from college, tests are still going to come. And trials are still going to come. And battles are still going to come. A major, a major issue comes into your life. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, here's somebody that's worked at a job for 20 or 25 years and they're making a good wage and they've got good benefits and, and everything just seems to be, uh, you know, going great. And all of a sudden one day they get a call that they're supposed to come to the, to the supervisor's office or the owner's office and the owner says, I'm sorry to inform you that uh, you're no longer employed here at our company. And so here, that, that, by the way, that's a major, that's a major issue right there. A major battle battle comes. Maybe, maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe a child gets sick. Uh, boy, I, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. But all of a sudden, you take your child to the doctor, and the doctor comes back, and the doctor says, uh, you, you've got a sick child, or, or you're pregnant with a child, and you've got a Down syndrome baby on the way. Uh, what do you do? You don't abort it. That's one thing you don't do. Amen? Uh, every, every child is on purpose with the Lord. And, uh, and, but, but, uh, but a child is sick. How about this? Uh, you go into the, you're feeling a little sick, a, a little, uh, you're not feeling well, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor runs some blood tests, and he runs you through the mill, so to speak, and a day or two later, you get that call, and, and the, doc, the, the nurse says, the doctor would like you to come back by the doctor's office, and, and you go by the doctor's office, and the doctor has a world look on his face, and the doctor looks back at you, and the doctor says, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have cancer. You have cancer. By the way, that's happened to numerous people in our church, and some of those folks are in heaven, but may I say this, cancer is not always a ticket to heaven. Did you know that? Did you think God can heal cancer if God sees fit to heal, heal cancer? And, uh, but the doctor says, you know what, you've got, you've got cancer. Or, or mar the marriage begins to uh, begin having some problems. And boy, I mean, for 10 years, everything was going great and everything was going smooth and everything was lovey-dovey. And it was, uh, it was great and it was passionate and it was wonderful. And all of a sudden, the marriage begins to hit the rocks. Or, or maybe a home begins, to, uh, begins having issues. Or maybe a child begins to rebel on their parents. Or maybe your health begins to decline. And there's a major, major life issue that comes into your life. And here's the problem with many Christians. A lot of times, all of a sudden, you know, we start we start cramming. We start cramming. The test came. Now we knew the test was going to come because our textbook tells us that a test is going to come. Did you know the question is not, are you going to have problems? The question is, when are they going to come? 
Man, it's full of days and, and, and uh, man, a few, few days full of trouble. I mean, brother, listen, problems are going to come. And I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, preaching negative preaching this morning. I'm just, giving, I'm, just giving you, I'm just giving you reality today. My little wife, she cried this week, cried. And she said, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this is happening. I hate your having to do this. I said, honey, this is life. <laughs> it's life. It's just what happens in life. I mean, uh, you know what? Good things happen to good people, but bad things happen to, to, to good people. It's just life. That's just the way it is. And, and all of a sudden, that major test comes, and we begin to cram. What do you mean, preacher? Uh, we, we weren't spending time in our Bible before, but now all of a sudden, the test is here, and, man, we're just eating the Bible up. I mean, every day, we're going to the Word of God, and man, we're reading some in the Old Testament, reading some in the New Testament. I mean, we're devouring the book of Psalms. We're reading in the book of Proverbs. I mean, we're interested in the doctrines of the Bible, and we begin to read the Word of God, or this. We're spending a lot of time in prayer. We didn't pray before, but now we're spending time in prayer. Boy, now every day, we, we get up and we say, well, I gotta make some time to pray. I gotta find some time to pray. And uh, uh, you know what? Uh, on, on a normal basis, we just got in the car and it took us 20 or 25 minutes to get to work and we listened to the radio and we listened to the morning shows and we listened to Fox and, and we listened to CNN. And, uh, and now all of a sudden, you know what? We're turning off the radio and we're ejecting the CD and we're taking the earbuds out and now uh, 20 or 25 minutes, we're praying and we're saying, oh Lord, oh Lord, help us. Oh God, help us. Oh God, help us. Oh God, hear me. Oh God, I need your help. By the way, I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying this, man, don't wait until the test comes to start cramming. That's what I'm saying. Hey, we, uh, we never used the altar before, but now we're coming to the altar every service. I mean, every time uh, we're saying, boy, I hope, I hope preacher gives an invitation today. Hey, man, we're hitting the altar. And uh, why? Because a test has come in our life. We're, we're you know what? We weren't faithful to the, to the house of the Lord before, but now we're, we're being faithful. Well, now we're coming Sunday morning, and now we're coming Sunday night, and now we're coming Wednesday night, and now we're even coming to Sunday school, and we're making sure we're here for revival. Uh, we're, we're practicing holiness in our life. We're cleaning up our talk. We're careful about our television watching. We're, we're watching the way we dress. Wait a minute now. All in an attempt to get help from God through the test. That's what I'm talking about. Now, listen to me, church, and I don't know if I'm connecting with you this morning or not, but this is what I'm saying. God is saying this, Calvary, don't wait until the test comes. It's coming. God said it's coming. It's coming. And he said, here's the chapters that you need to study right here. And God says, be sure you take your book home with you. You're going to need this book. Oh, you don't think you need it right now. You think you're doing okay, but I promise you, you need this book. And God says, take this book home with you and study and study. And somebody says, God, why do we need to study? Because God says a test is coming. A problem is coming. A major issue is coming. And when that test comes, don't wait until the test comes to start getting right with God. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. The heart of God is this, that when there is no test, we begin to study and grow in our Christian life. Now, can I show you that from Scripture? Would you take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to the book of Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verse number 11. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. 
The Lord is addressing the church just like I'm addressing the church this morning. Ephesians 4 verse 11, the Lord said about this wonderful thing called the church. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now I want you to really notice verse 14 and 15. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Verse 15, here it is, here it is, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And I said that to say this we don't need Christians who are crammers, we need Christians who are consistent. Don't wait until the doctor says it's cancer to get in the textbook. Don't wait until the doctor says it's Down syndrome before you get in the textbook. Oh, this is, this is, a, this is a good word this morning. This is helping me if it's not helping anybody else this morning. Man, don't wait. Don't wait until the test. Make sure that you make sure that you're studying. Make sure that you're walking with Jesus. Make sure that you're living for God. Make sure you're just as close to the Lord as you possibly can be. That way, when the test comes, you're ready. You're ready. Now we're done. Let me give you a thought or two real quickly, and we're going to be done. How about this? I wrote this down. Number one, crammers typically don't do well on a test. Did you know that? Did you know a test is usually much harder for a crammer? Because, uh, how about this? They have a harder time recalling the information. Here's a kid that's been studying, 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 studying all along, and then uh, the, the test comes, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But here's a kid that the night before, he's just been filling his head full, and he's got the answers up there, but they're so jumbled around. He has a harder time getting those answers from his mind onto the page. I wrote this down as well. Crippers, uh, uh, cram crammers typically don't do as well on a test. You know what I thought about crammers? They often face the test with a bad attitude. How many times do crammers say, this is so dumb? I mean, this is so stupid anyway. Listen, y'all ready? I don't even know why we have to learn this to begin with. This doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand this. Why do they want us to learn this? And how many Christians, the test came. And because they were crammers and not consistent, you know what they said? This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why God would let me go through this. You know why? You're cramming and not consistent. 
I'm just saying this, man, if you're not daily in this textbook, if you're not daily on your knees, if you're not daily walking with Jesus and the test comes your way, you know what? You, the, the, let me tell you, brother, uh, the devil is going to come. The devil's going to try to give you a bad attitude and he's going to tell you God's not fair and life's not good and you just need to end your life and it's not worth living. And I'm telling you, this is a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. And we have a wonderful Lord and we have a so great salvation and we have a grace and a peace that passeth all understanding this morning. I, I want to tell you, Calvary, our God is good. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's good. You say, preacher, how can you say that when, you, when your wife just had surgery yesterday and she stove up at the home? I'm telling you, he was good before my wife went into surgery. He's good when my wife came out of surgery. He's good because he's good this morning. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to my heart this morning. Oh, listen, crammers typically don't do well on a test, but then I thought, I thought about this. Crammers quit preparing as soon as the test is over. You know what? Usually crammers, as soon as the final is done, they quit taking their books home. Now, when they're cramming, they got a stack of them. Y'all with me? I mean, man, they got, they got everything. They got it all, bro. You know? I mean, they got it all, bro. I mean, they got it all. And so I was like, man, what in the world? Man, I got to find them tomorrow. I got to find them tomorrow. Man, they, listen, they, they, got, they got every book, every book, and every textbook, and and all of that. But wait a minute now. But all of a sudden the final's done. And then they don't take any books home. They, crammers quit preparing as soon as the test is over. And how many times have I seen Christians who just as soon as the test was over, so was their Christian maturity over. They stopped reading the textbook their church attendance began to fall off. Everybody all right this morning? Can I just testify a little bit? Is that all right? Can I testify this morning? How many times have I seen people coming in this door because they had a problem? And they stayed here for several weeks and got right with God. And by the way, he took care of the problem. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. Test was over. Don't carry the textbook home anymore. The church attendance begins to fall off. They quit, quit going to, to soul winning. No longer seeing the importance of coming to prayer meeting. Crammers quit preparing as soon as the test is over and we're done. How about this? Crammers tend to dislike those who have applied themselves. Well, what'd you make? 58? What'd you make? 95. Well, you're just teacher's pet. You're just teacher's pet. By the way, preacher, I am teacher's pet. And by the way, so should you be. I am the teacher's pet. In fact, I'm not only the teacher's pet, I'm the teacher's child. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> I belong to the teacher. 
My daddy's the teacher. Amen. My heavenly father's the teacher. My heavenly father's the schoolmaster. He's the principal. Hey, he's the administrator. He's the one that's over it all. And uh, But a lot of times when you cram, you know, when you have a bad attitude toward those that, that, that have applied themselves, well, you know what? Church is just for you, but it's not for me. Or the Bible is just for you, but it's not for me. No, the Bible is for you and church is for you, but don't wait until the test comes to start studying and getting ready. It was uh, George Mueller. They said George Mueller had a a journal, prayer journal, and they said George Mueller had 50,000 recorded, recorded answers to prayer in his prayer journal. George Mueller was traveling and he was on a certain ship and they said that the rumor began to spread around the ship that the ship was taking on water and the ship was sinking. People got frantic. I mean, they thought, they thought she was going down. And so people got frantic. And they said, preacher, they said, the casinos emptied. And the taverns, nobody wanted to drink anymore. The ship was going down. You know what they want to do now? They want to pray. And so they said, let's, let, let's establish a prayer meeting. And then they said, where's the preacher? Where's George Mueller? We've got to get him. He knows God. We've got to get George Mueller. And they've been going to go around the, the, the ship frantically looking for George Mueller. And finally, I mean, buddy, they were putting on life jackets and hysterical. And finally they found George Mueller. They said, Mr. Mueller, Mr. Mueller. And when they found George Mueller, he was calm, cool. They said, Mr. Mueller, I mean, have you not heard? The ship is sinking. He said, yes, I they said, we got to pray. We got to pray. And George Mueller said, I'm prayed up. I'm prayed up. I didn't wait for the ship to start sinking. Oh, man, this is good this morning. This may be just a thought, but it's a good thought. Amen. He didn't wait for the ship to start sinking before he started walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, I don't know when I don't know when your test is coming. You may be in your test right now. You may be in your test. You may be in the final of your life right now. I don't know when your test is coming, but it's probably going to come. And it's important that when your test comes that you don't cram, but you're consistent. Just consistent. Somebody says, "How can you be going through what you're going through and come to work and have such a good attitude? It don't even make any sense. It doesn't make sense to the world. But it makes perfect sense to Christians who are consistent. <laughs> because it's, oh, my textbook told me it was coming. And my textbook tells me what to do when it comes. And my textbook tells me that when it comes, I've got somebody to go through it with me called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Oh man, this is so good this morning. Consistent. Are you a consistent Christian? Father, we love you. My, my, my. How you've spoke to my heart. Mercy sakes. Oh Lord. I don't know if you helped anybody else this morning, but Lord, you sure helped me. Thank you for speaking to my heart. God, forgive us for cramming. Forgive us 
for waiting until the battle comes and the test starts to start studying, to start walking with God. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father, that when the battle comes, that's when we try to start getting right with God. And God, your, your thought and your heart was that we start walking with you before the test comes. God, so when the test does come, well, we're ready. We're ready. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll bless in this invitation. And I pray you'll speak to hearts. I have no idea necessarily who I was talking to today, but I just feel like probably you had somebody specifically in mind. Bless in this invitation. Speak to hearts as only you can, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Miss Kay, you play whenever you want to go ahead and start. Can I ask a question just so I know how to pray? I wonder how many are here today you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved and going to heaven. If you can honestly say that, would you just slip your hand up? You can take it right back down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How about this? Is there one here today anywhere who would say, Preacher, if I died today, I am not sure I'm going to heaven. I want you to pray for me. You'd slip your hand up. Is there one anywhere, preacher? I'm not sure about my salvation. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? All right. Then as best I know, mostly at least, I'm talking to Christians today. A Christian, it's time to be consistent. Let's don't cram. Let's be consistent. Now, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've never followed the Lord in baptism. I need to be baptized, okay? Why don't you come today and make yourself as a candidate for baptism, and we'll try to get you baptized soon. You're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not to, you know, I'm not, not really right with the Lord. I need to get right, okay? Why don't you come today? Let's all stand this morning, please. Father, have your way in the invitation. The altar's already filled, but I pray that maybe others that need to come I pray that you'd help them to come help us to be consistent help us not to be cramming I pray that you'll bless now we thank you in Jesus name Amen let's just keep our heads bowed church just for a little while the altar's full maybe others need to come today what about it would you come would you come God spoke to your heart Hey, young people, we want you to know something. We sure love you this morning. But I also want you to know as your pastor that, you know what, hard times are going to come. Make sure you know Jesus before they come. Make sure you're walking with the King of Kings. What about it? We're going to pause just a moment, and uh, I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if you need prayer, <clears throat> we're, uh, we're here to pray with you. We'd, we'd love to pray with you this morning. Maybe you've got a burden and you just need somebody to say, Preach, I want somebody to pray with me. Then you come today while we wait. You're here. You say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've not been baptized. Why don't you come make yourself a candidate for baptism today? Just come and say, Preacher, I've been born again, but I never have been baptized. Why don't you come? Why don't you come?
We'll pause just for another moment or so, and if you need to come, we're here for you today.